created live on Fireside. Welcome, I'm Laura Lee Binstock, and this is a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast. Thank you so much for joining me live on Fireside Chat, where you can be a part of the conversation as my virtual audience. I am your host, Lori Lee Benstock. Everyone has an opportunity to ask me or our guests questions by requesting to hop on stage or sending a message in the chat box. I will try to get to you, but we do ask that everyone be respectful. Today's guest is Dr. Rob Kelly, world-renowned addiction recovery expert. Rob has overcome homelessness, alcohol, dependency, trauma, PTSD, and major depressive disorder. Before Rob succumbed to addiction and mental health issues, he played bass guitar at Abbey Studio with Queen, David Bowie, and Elton John. He is an accomplished musician, and the money he made helped him attend Oxford University to pursue a PhD in psychology. Rob, thank you so much for joining me today. No, thank you. It's great to be here. I'm so excited. Well, I mean, wow, what a fascinating life that led you to such a purposeful life that and, and, and what you're doing now is just incredible. Um, but I do want to go into, you know, can you can you talk about some of the life events that contributed to, you know, the addictions and eventually homelessness? Well, you know, it's, I really studied alcoholism. When I say alcohol, I'm, I'm talking about addiction as well. But I really wanted to study because when I was going through it, nobody had an answer for me. Nobody knew why I was going through it. Nobody could help me. Um, mm. But alcoholics are born and drug addicts are made. That's going to annoy a few people, but <laughs> the research is there. Alcoholism is a predisposition passed down through family, family. So when I took my first drink at the age of nine years old in Liverpool, in a club there playing with my auntie and uncle, uh, one night, I, uh, I was so scared that my uncle uh, gave me a beer. And when I drank that beer, I knew for the rest of my life that alcohol was going to play a big part in my life completely. Now, normal people don't do that, by the way. Normal people may be sick or they spit it out. But as soon as that hit my stomach, I knew that that, that was a love affair. That was a relationship I was going to carry on because all my fears went. All my nervousness went. And on stage I went, and uh, every Friday and Saturday and Sunday when we're playing, I relied on that little half a beer uh, to take me to the next generation. And for many, many years, it did its job. But I didn't know that that one drink in Liverpool many years ago set off my alcoholism. And I didn't know that alcoholism is a family disease and a generational disease, the predisposition. So nobody discussed with me that if you drink this alcohol, there's a good chance you're going to become an alcoholic because it was all swept under the carpet back in those days. Mm. So I just went from, from uh, school, university, job to job, and obviously absolutely devastated everything that I come into contact with. Because if you think alcohol, guys, is just the problem, oh, it's not. It's the symptom. It's what alcohol's got 1% to do with alcoholism and the same with drugs. I never had a, a drinking problem. I had a thinking problem. And, and people are, are quite amazed when I tell them that. But we've done some vast research because I was adamant. Because I've never seen my youngest daughter when they took him off me at the age of one. Mm. So I, I, this is like a passion. I'm a driven, 
guy with a passion to help others. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, you know, it's it's wonderful to take your, you know, your passion to help others. Um, and that's when, when everything really, really happens. And I, I want to go back to what you were talking about, how, you know, you're born, um, and I guess not an alcoholic, but with alcoholism. Um, you know, and, in you know, for me, I've always thought, you know, trauma, you know, people who've had some sort of addiction, um, have some underlying trauma there that is maybe known or unknown. And, you know, you were talking about generations passed down, you know, alcoholism, uh, but also trauma can be, can be passed down. They've, you know, they've isolated like genes that actually get passed down from like Holocaust survivors to, to, you know, their generation after generation. Um, do you believe that there is trauma that is there that contributes to alcoholism and addiction? So I want to say off the bat that trauma is the gateway drug without a doubt. Every alcoholic, every uh, addict, the addictive personality, there's trauma every single time. And you have to understand, guys, I've been in the industry for over 30 years and worked with over 7,500 patients. So mm -hmm. I kind of know what I'm talking about. It's not ego. It's just like we need to know this, guys. But, yeah, it's trauma, trauma, trauma. And uh, <clears throat> the only problem with alcoholics when we're born this way. Now, I know loads of alcoholics, there's, there's a predisposition passed down, but they've never touched alcohol. They're the geniuses of this world. Just want to put <laughs> that out there. But the trauma affects everybody because what, what people think, I ask people all the time, what's trauma as a child? Well, I never had a, a car crash and I wasn't in a plane crash and my mom and dad never divorced. So I don't think there is anything. There always is. Anything less than mm. nurturing as a child is child abuse when it comes to trauma. And again, people are going to, what? It's so <laughs> true. This was my yeah. biggest trauma I, I carried. How many times have I got to tell you, Robert, you can't go to college like your brother. You're not clever enough. Mm. Oh, my goodness. That's traumatic. But, yes. And I still struggle with that today. I, I still have days when I don't think I'm good enough. Mm. Um, and I will cancel shows, cancel patients because I think, and it takes a little bit of work and then I'm back to normal. But yeah, trauma is not what you think it is. It, it's much deeper than that when, when, when we're talking to each other because words are very damaging, you know, yeah. and we can't take them back once they're said. And nine out of 10 times, they're not said with intent to hurt, but my right. subconscious brain will carry that around. And, and when it throws it over to the prefrontal cortex, which is our reaction, come up with an answer as soon as possible part of the brain, instead of going, yeah, you can get that job or yeah, you can get that girl or house, what my brain sometimes puts out is how many times have I told you, you can't go to college like your brother. Mm, yeah, I, I mean, we, you know, um, on my show, we talk a lot about big, big T trauma and little T trauma, right? You know, the big T traumas, like you were saying, divorce, abuse, um, sexual abuse, all of that. And then there's that little T trauma that no one really recognizes is just what you were saying, you know, how your, your parents told you, they, they probably were just like, Oh, you know, this, this is just his journey. And your journey doesn't look like it's going to get that go that way. But that is hurtful. And it, you know, even and a lot of parents and I, uh, you know, I'm guilty of it too, sometimes is the shaming when you want someone to do something, sometimes you, you, you tend to shame. And I, you know, I believe it's because my parents did that to me. And so, 
that's how they got me to do what they needed me to do. Um, so yeah, there's this, I, I, I do, I agree with you. I believe there's trauma, little T or big T that everyone really experiences. Um, and, then, I wanted, and then you've got to look at the enmeshment, like you just said with the Holocaust survivors. Enmeshment is when you can pass depression, you can mm-hmm. pass, you know, all suicide thoughts passed down mm-hmm. to your children. So that again is trauma that, you know, the, the child grows up to be, you know, 50, 30, 40 whatever, years old, and they're going through something that they can't handle or they're very depressed. And when we trace it back to childhood, to that little five-year-old boy, we see that that, that depression has been passed down from, from parent to son or daughter. And unless that's worked on, then you will always be in that depressed mood. And one of my biggest things today is like, when we do get depressed, what's the first thing we do? We go to the doctor and doctor goes, okay, here's what you're gonna happen, Johnny. We're gonna give you some SSR mm-hmm. and you're gonna take it and we're gonna reboost your serotonin, which is all good. The biggest problem I have today is why isn't anybody asking the question, why is little Johnny's serotonin low in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then we come to the four chemicals every day that needs to happen in the brain for you to be happy and free every single day. Well, uh, you know, that that is interesting that you bring that up. I brought I brought it up briefly in my last interview last week. Um, I had uh, former UFC fighter Ian McCall on um, because we were talking about the use of psychedelics to heal trauma, traumatic brain injuries and addiction. And and that even uh, Bill Wilson, a co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, actually used LSD to heal him from his alcoholism. And, and you know, I've ta- I talk about it a lot on my show because I, I've actually used psychedelics to to heal myself from you know my own trauma to wean me off um, SSRIs. Uh, and other people come to me concerned that you know if I do psychedelics to heal me. Um, from to you know to get me off of these SSRIs and these other meds that I may be it may be considered falling off the wagon. Mm. What are your thoughts about that? You know, I've been asked this question so many times, and the only thing I can say is that the research is not there yet. I don't think uh, after another ten years we'll probably find out. But I don't think the problem is alcohol. I don't think the problem is uh, anything else to do with uh, trauma and and the way that we deal with the trauma. So if you have to go on psychedelics and that works for you to get rid of the medication that you're on, uh, I I kind of agree with that, I must admit. Now, if you're a drug addict or chronic alcoholic and try that, that might backfire on you. Mm -hmm. But I think think we only know a little about the brain. I think we only know a little about medication in the early days that we used to use and, and coming away from the pharmaceuticals uh, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And, and again, you know, people are going to say, well, is it one or the other, Dr. Rob? And I go, hey, listen, you've got to be open to these new things. You have to be. And the only, the only concern I have, obviously, is if you're born with the alcoholic brain or you have created an uh, ad- addiction with the addictive personality, that you obviously have to be careful that it's not replacing one with the other. But, I mean, it, it, it works with you, Correct. Yes, yes. I um I was on several medications and you know and I after my first session I, I started with MDMA um under supervision and I was able to get off all of my medications, which I which wow. was amazing because I had really bad side effects. My hair was falling out and obviously that caused other issues, other depression, um 
issues of depression. Um, and, and so, yes, it was extremely helpful. And it's not like a, I, the MDMA, I didn't, you know, it, it's more of a maintenance kind of like yes. once every like four months, um, yes. if that. Um, so, I, you know, I, I really, that and, you know, like I, I don't know if I mentioned I went to treatment for 31 days for childhood sexual abuse. Um, and that was helpful, you know, being away in, in, in an environment that supported my my well-being, that that really helped me as well. And, you know, I want to also talk about, you know, you work in an aftercare treatment. You, you have this treatment yes. program where you focus on including partners and the family. Um, and I don't know if I would be as far along in my recovery if it wasn't for my family and my partner. Um, and so I wanted to get into that. I want you to talk about what the importance of family is in, you know, sobriety. Well, we, we, our research tells us, and, and it's, you Google it if you don't believe me, but when a family member or anybody over the age of 18 in the house, in the family household, uh, joins uh, the the treatment that we do, then the success rate goes up for, uh, 42%-ish around that area. So we found this out years ago, and we, we won't take a patient on unless the, the wife or the husband, whoever, whoever the uh, partner is, comes on as well. So the patient mm -hmm. does 90 days, one hour a day, every single day, right, telehealth. The, the partner has to come on and do two, two hours a week. Because what happens is it's a family disease. So how I don't understand why we can take a patient from a house, take him to treatment with no family uh, assistance and then put him back in the house. It's a bit like this, Lorelei. It's a bit like, <clears throat> let's say I grew up in his house speaking German and I'm, I'm ill. So they take me out of the German speaking house and he put me in his other house because recovery has its own language that speaks English. So mm -hmm. I learn this whole new language. Then I come back home, I get placed back in the German speaking house. And guess what? Within days, I'm going to be speaking German. The problem is, and we get this all the time with the wives, for instance, going, well, there's nothing wrong with me. It's his problem. Mm, and and yeah. sometimes I fire back and go, hey, here's the deal. So if it's just his problem, God bless you with your trauma. But why have you allowed your children to see this drunken you know, guy punch you at night you know, when he gets really drunk? Why have you stayed in a household that's threatening to your children? And I'll tell you why you have. Because you have abandonment issues from your trauma from the past. And we need to look at that. So this is not about you coming on and bashing little Johnny. This is about you coming on and doing your work. Everybody needs to do the trauma work. And when you do that, it sets you free. We often say that we're not in the recovery industry. What we actually do is put families back together again. We're, we're a family reuniting company, you know, because that's what it's about. It's not about stopping drinking. It's not about just sorting your trauma out. This is about how can we get dad back into the house so children can grow up in a normal household. That's what it's about. And I think it works really well, uh, but I don't think, and this was the old model that's still being used, to bring, you know, wives in two months into the treatment and you can all have a let's bash Johnny kind of session. It's nothing about that. You know, this is about past trauma, past passed down, you know, neural pathways being self-harming, self-sabotaging behavior that's happened and it's been passed on to the wife and passed on to the children. We can stop that, you know, we can really, you know, put some things into uh, the family that really makes sense so that they can come together and we often say, look, 
when you're in treatment with us, you, you both swim to your own rafts. You do your work, and what we do is we pull you in to the shoreline as you reunite into, into this, you know, life. I went to bed last night, Lauren Lee. I was 19. I got up this morning, I'm 61. That's how <laughs> fast life goes. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to, there's precious moments. It's, it's, it's too little time to be stuck in your trauma. It's too little time to be arguing every day with your wife. I have a famous saying, if you don't like your wife, get a new one. If you don't <laughs> like your job, get a new one. Well, it really isn't that simple. It really is. You know, life's too short to be in relationships that you hate each other and you're not prepared to do your own work. Life is for living, guys. Well said. You, I, I, I truly believe that these treatment facilities, whether it be for any for addictions, for abuse or anything, that bringing in the family is really important. In my treatment center, they had... Um, they brought in, you know, my husband and he had his own few days of, sh- of mm. sessions that he had to do and work on him, his self. Um, and, and I thought that was, that was incredible because then that gave him a better understanding of what I was going through and, you know, obviously how we can move forward together. Like you were saying, um, with that analogy of, you know, bringing, you know, the raft to the shore, um, and so I, you know, I applaud you. I think it, it's hard to have a successful treatment program when there are, when family is not included. And I, I did want to ask what happens when the family does not want to be included. And you said that you, that is, that is your hard line in the sand. Right? What we, what we won't do, Lauralee, is we will not take a patient on for monetary reasons. We're the only company in the world to offer a money back guarantee. If mm. you drink or use that while still following our program after. So, you know, it's just because I'm so passionate about this stuff. I've seen too many people die over this. Yeah. It's like, why, why would we take, you know, the man on as a patient, charge him money, knowing quite well that this isn't going to work? And, that, and that's the, I mean, look, there's some amazing treatment centers out there and they are absolutely got my highest praise and we work with them. But there are a bunch of losers out there that are just taking people's yeah. money. So when <laughs> little Johnny comes back in your treatment center for the third time and you're still charging him $30,000, shame on you. Right. Shame on, there's something broken there. And, and we think it's in-depth psychology. It's in-depth neuroscience, which we use along with other things and including the family. It's really important that we do that. So yeah, we will not take the patient. I mean, you can't just come on and buy our services. You have to earn, you have to pass an assessment to, to, for me to take, our company to take you on. And that includes the, the partner being on because we truly believe that's the way. It really is. Wow, money back guaranteed. That is, that is intense. That, that is amazing. <laughs> I know. And you know what? In, in 30 odd years, I've never had to refund anybody's money yet. You know? Wow. And we work with the highest footballers, movie stars, you know, CEOs, road sweepers, you know, drivers. It makes no difference. But if you're in this for the right reason, there's a solution that you can use. But it's to- we have to use everything we've just talked about. If you're in this just to take money, then, you know, the results are not going to be the same. We have a 97% success rate. Normal wow. treatment centers are between a 5 and 10 and are being generous. You know, it's like, let's get it right. Let's find the crux of the matter because it's not about stopping drinking and it's not about stopping taking drugs. This is about the neuroscience. This is about the trauma. This is about getting people well because you have a vested uh, investment in their, in their wellness. 
And we also do a five-year uh, like aftercare follow-up, which doesn't cost you any money. Why, why would it cost you to do, charge you to do that? Hmm. And this is the difference. And there's loads of people like us out there. It's not just us. It's just like, we, it's, this is, people have suffered enough by the time they come to us. The highest person that came to me, $1.2 million he'd spent on his daughter trying to get well. I mean, come on. You know, I blame the pharmaceutical companies if I'm not getting too polylytical here. <laughs> Please tell me if I do. But if someone can't give you a pill or stick you in a treatment center at 30 grand a month, nobody wants to know. Oops, I, I can see the I can see the messages flying already, Laurie Lee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think, I mean, my mind is blown that, you know, that you, you, that you offer this treatment money back. I, I, that, I think that's amazing. That makes me think, why wouldn't anyone just go to you? Because it's a <laughs> surefire way. You know, it's, you know, I know plenty of people who've just kind of pissed their money away yes. um, in recovery, you know, yes. and, and, and they're still, they're going treatment center after treatment center after treatment yes. center. And, and that's really hard to watch because it, you know, these people don't have an unlimited amount of money to just spend on recovery and bouncing around to different treatment centers. But you see it all the time, Lauralee. Listen, there's three parts of the brain. When you're born with alcoholism, there's three parts of the brain that, are def- that doesn't act like normal people. One's the hypothalamus. Mm-hmm. At a certain point of my drinking career and every alcoholic, instead of the hypothalamus telling me to drink water and eat food like my next door neighbor, it tells me to drink alcohol. It's important you need to know that, uh, Mr. Treatment, or whoever you are, doctors, nurse, whatever. It's important for you to know that. that. That's why I can go days or weeks without drinking water, eating food. My hypothalamus is default back to self-sabotage. Then the basal ganglia. I work, I get the wife, I get the kids back, I get a house, and in self-sabotage. You need to know that my basal ganglia is not the same to my neighbor next door. You have to know, and the amygdala is also tied in with everything, but you need to know this. If you don't know that, then how can you get somebody well? Because taking them away for 90 days and sticking them away isolation and then putting them back into the community, come on. Mm. Come on that can't work. It, it, has, it hasn't worked for us anyway. And that's one of the reasons we started what we do is I've never seen my youngest daughter. She's now 31. My eldest daughter got in contact uh, two years ago and she now runs my Manchester office in the UK. Great reunification. And then, mm-hmm. you know, great things will happen if you get it right. But this is, this is the treatment that most people are using is broken. It's from textbooks back in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. And, and alcoholism is not, alcoholic is not somebody who drinks too much alcohol. The amount of times people of authority that tell me that, it's like, no, you are wrong when you say that. My body reacts differently with the alcohol and the trauma. You see, I hear things different, and every alcoholic does. And here's another mind-blowing reason you should know more about alcoholism is me and my brother are uh, stood on the kitchen table when my mum comes in. We're not supposed to be on the kitchen table. And then she says to both of us, well, you get down off that table, you stupid idiot. <laughs> My brother jumps down and he's kind of laughing with his cheeky grin. I freeze because what I've heard, get out of that table, you stupid idiot. And that's because the trauma has affected my brain previously than anybody else's like my brother. So I hear things differently. I am very sensitive. I take things to heart. My brother doesn't, not so much. That's a trait of alcoholism and trauma. Mm-hmm. And when you don't know this, how can you treat it? Exactly. 
I do want to ask about your your treatment program. If someone were to someone were to come, you take on a patient. What is what does the patient go through in your treatment program? Well, we do telehealth only now, and mm-hmm. uh, for me to do telehealth, I had to go back to university and take a second PhD in behavioral science. So I'm not one of these overnight suddenly everybody was the telehealth. So it's a 90 day program. It's one hour a day, no days off, 90 days. You spend uh, five days with me and two days with my psychotherapist. You will have random drug or alcohol test in your area where we'll send a sober coach over to do that. And then we don't only just stop alcohol and drugs, we build you as a person. So if you've lost that job, we'll help you get another. If you want to start the business, we'll buy the website for you and the domain name. And while, while we're doing that, using NLP, neuroscience, uh, somatic experience, and brain mm. spotting, they're the, th- they're the four things that we use. So while we're doing that with you, then, we're, then my psychotherapist and my uh, marriage coaches are working with the partner to, to see what trauma they have. So it's, it's a long 90 days, but we truly believe that you have to recover in your own environment. There's no point in, you know, facing a hundred things when you get home and it's built up for you waiting when you're in treatment. It's like, no, you've got to do this on a daily basis because uh, my, my brain resets every 24 hours, the alcoholic brain, which is different, uh, normal to other people. I mean, the sleep, the eight hours, seven hours sleep that we need to replenish. So mm-hmm. if I do... Uh, if I do sessions on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, then the Monday session is wiped out on the Tuesday because I have the self-sabotaging neural pathways that want to kill me and make it look like an accident. So you come Wednesday, you do a bit more work, but it's gone on Thursday. It's like, this is repetition, strength, and confirms every single day. We are what we repeatedly do on a daily basis. We're not who we used to be. We're not our past. So if I'm doing these good things on a daily basis, like complimenting people, sets off the dopamine in my brain. Now, dopamine's a feel good. I'm happy about that. So we make sure you get your endorphins. We send you to the gym. We do 20 minutes walking, whatever it is. The dopamine is the reward system, the pleasure side, thank you, or hey, you've got great shoes on or whatever. The serotonin is a social belonging and plenty of sunlight. And the oxytocin is the bonding, human cuddling which many people isolate when we get to this point. Mm-hmm. So they're not getting them four chemicals in the brain, which is very important. And we also look at behavior, make sure that the behavior changes because people say to me all the time, you know, oh, I was acting out all behavior yesterday. And my answer is the same. Hey, if you was acting out all behavior, guess what? It's current behavior and that's not acceptable. So we need to change that immediately. You brought up uh, somatic experiencing which mm. I, I I did in treatment. I never heard of it until I went into treatment. Mm. And, and you know, I was there for 31 days, but, you know, the reason why, I mean, they they focus on somatic treatment, like they, we do lectures and we actually do this somatic um, experiencing. Um, and they do it because it's a lot sooner and, you know, people aren't in treatment forever. So they want people, you know, they want results driven um, yes. modalities. Yes. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that is amazing. I did do some brain spotting. I did do EMD. I did all of it. Yes. <laughs> I did EMDR. <laughs> um, and yeah. I'm telling you, I'm a whole, a completely different person than I was uh, two years ago. <coughs> uh, but 
I, I, how do you use somatic experiencing in your well, program for, for people dealing with addiction? Well, we truly believe that before you relapse, uh, the actual relapse is a day, three days, a week before the actual relapse. So somatic experience is looking and feeling what the body's telling you. So if I, if I, let's say I pick up a drink on a Friday, let's look at the Friday before. What, what, what was my behavior like? Well, the behavior was I caused an argument with my boss. So I could steam out blaming him for everything. And I, I, I eventually I drink. So we go back and we look at that behavior. What was my body telling me? Well, at the time there was butterflies in my stomach because I was nervous. Bang, there's your relapse for a start. And secondly, what's your heart, shoulders, legs? What, what's the body screaming out? Because again, my research shows that the, the, the alcoholism and addiction uh, sets in my subconscious brain. So I don't know when I'm going to drink, never mind anybody else. But there's a series of things that happen up to that drinking of the alcohol. And somatic experience, the easiest way to put it, guys, if you don't know what it is, it's, it's like the gut feeling. Now, we have mm -hmm. just completely abandoned the gut feeling. Well, the gut feeling goes back to the tribal days when they didn't have phones or anything like that, when one of the tribesmen would feel that gut feeling to say there was danger. 10 out of 10 times, every single time, there would be danger near. So that was their own body telling them. Somatic experience is, is going into the education of all that body telling you and screaming out to you that we're heading for disaster. That's how we use SE. And again, that's because I had it done to me. Uh, nine month, nine years ago, I, I was doing too much work and they sent me away and all this trauma came up from a past that I hadn't, I thought I dealt with, but I hadn't. <laughs> and they sent me away and this, this, this uh, treatment center that was amazing did somatic experience with me and he opened my life up completely. And the first thing I said when I got out is, oh my God, <laughs> let's find the guy who does it, which I did, Peter Levine. I want to be trained by him, which I did. I got trained by Peter Levine. Wow. And it was just mind blowing. Because I really think we need to look at this you know, most of the techniques that we, that we use today in my, in my uh, we have four practices around the world, is uh, most of them are from ancient, ancient days, like somatic experience been around for hundreds mm -hmm. of years, if not thousands, I don't know. Uh, and the same with brain spotting, you know, it's a direct, brain spotting, and you'll know this, is a direct link between the pupil and, and the subconscious brain. And I'll tell you why, here's another mind-blowing, but Google it, guys, is the <laughs> eyes are part of the brain. The eyes are a bulging part of the brain. That the, not the eye, then the brain, then the no. It's part of the brain. So when you can get in, you'll see you'll see your eye flicker while you're following. You know what we're telling you to do. Mm -hmm. And when it flickers, that's a subconscious traumatic experience that you don't really bring it to the prefrontal cortex, and we we teeter it out of you. So we're, we're picking all this trauma, or we call it going back to the scene of the crime and really m mending this. So we uncover, discover, and discard of this trauma. Then you're left with neural pathways that are self-benefit, self-energetic, self-success. And the self-sabotage neural pathways get less and less and less and less. So now my knee-jerk reaction, just like the doctor tapping your knee at the doctor's, you can't help it. My knee-jerk reaction on a daily basis is to help people, to have self-care, to be excited about the day, to compliment people. Whereas when I was drinking at all the trauma, my knee-jerk reaction was to be nasty and drink. 
And it's important that we know that to treat alcoholism. And this is the amazing part of all my guys is we, most of my guys, uh, when we cross state lines, you have to be coaches, but they're all master's level psychotherapists. They're all PhD counselors. I mean, it's just, we have the best of the best because you need to know this. Right. I think education is really important because, you know, they could, you could easily just tell me to do these things through somatic experiencing. But I think it was when we, we would have um, like an hour of lecture about somatic experiencing. And I think really understanding what it's doing was the key mm. because it was like, I mean, there were some people who's just light bulb just went off and was just like oh my gosh it is this is this is why i'm behaving the way i am this is this is the root to my trauma yes. and this is where i'm getting this feeling of this th these reactions these behaviors um and you know you, they they talked about the window of tolerance and you know getting shot out of there when you experience trauma so it's you know it's i guess it's getting back to your baseline um you talk about, you, you know, we talked about your program, your treatment program. Is, is it also an aftercare? You have, you, you talked about aftercare and you said it's this five year, um, after five years, you know, you, you, you're still working with your, your, your clients. Yes. So the, the five year aftercare plan is really important for a couple of things. One, to keep re-energizing monthly, um, the patient, obviously. But secondly, it, it helps us track our success rate. You know, so five to 10 years um, is, is what we usually look at for our success rate. So <clears throat> really, really important that we connect with these people after we make sure everything's going good. And of course, they always have the opportunity to call one of my staff 24 hours a day should they run into difficulty. Now, having said all that, which sounds absolutely amazing, please, Dr. Rob, let me have some of that. <laughs> we only take on four patients at any one time. And they're 90 days. So when you look at that, you'll only look at a handful of people that we can help on a yearly basis because we're not, we don't, we can't do the masses. We have to do, you know, four patients where the four patients have got all of our people, there's about 12 of us working with them. So we have our own algorithm uh, app that works out where the patient is, where's it's going. The directly uh, aftercare is also mapped and planned so that we can actually tell if any negativity is starting to stir with the patient second, third, fourth year, because sometimes it does because we're complacent. We're complacent people. Every human being is. And sooner or later, you're going to take the, try and take the easy way out. So it's really important that we look after. We like to say that you become family because you really do. You become family. And nine out of 10 times, if you're a one parent family, uh, with a couple of children or a couple of children, when you finish, we will fly you over here free of charge. And you, you get to spend three days with me and my wife and my staff. And we spoil mm -hmm. you and we love you. And it really is different to anybody else is doing, you know. And most people has been here just said, because we have a huge house so we can entertain. It's just like a, a, a vacation with family. And, and that's what we do. You see, I don't get involved in the monetary side. I get involved when the wife calls me up and goes, oh my God, what have you done to my husband? You know, that's paid in full for me. Mm. Or we've got our kids back or, you know, the parents are back together. Or if not, the father's getting, you know, custody every week. It's, that's the stuff that melts my heart. Well, you, you said you have, you take on four patients. Yes. Is that per treatment center? Because you said you have several treatment centers. <laughs> 
Uh, yes. Worldwide. Yes, we do. Well, most of them are, uh, two of them are satellite offices that work with the patient anyway. They'll work with the wives uh, just in case we need to take walk-in. So if you're in Manchester, UK, and you happen to call us, then you can actually do a face-to-face if you wish. That's, you know, we don't mind you doing that. But yeah, we, I mean, we, we probably take on <coughs> probably 10 people during that time. But mostly the four people that we have, it's usually based on that. We'll take up to 10, but the four people is ideal for us, for the four offices, because everyone's taking part in their or their family. Like what a couple of uh, days ago, we took on a, a husband. So his wife came on board and his, and his two children came on board, age 18 and 21. So all of a sudden, that's four hours of our time with different counsellors that need to be attended to. Mm. Wow. What is your number one advice for a recovering addict and and their family? Believe in yourself and believe you can recover from this. I'm a recovered alcoholic. All of my staff are recovered alcoholics or addicts. Don't let anybody tell you you can't recover. Don't let anybody tell you. Study quantum physics for two days. You can have anything you want in life. Anything you want. And I, I used to get people all the time, Laurie, going, hey, well, I can't be president of the United States. Well, forget your political views for a second. We had a business from running the country. Don't dare tell me you can't do anything that you want to do. You really can. And, and, and converse as a family. I would rather you, I, th- this is what people say, well, I can't go into his bedroom. He's only 14. I might, you know, intrude on his privacy. He won't be happy. I would rather you intrude on that privacy and find out if there's any funny business going on in his bedroom, like drugs and alcohol, than you come to me in two years' time telling me your child's dead. You know, mm. it's like, this is a family illness. Get together, start communication, love each other. You know, there's a way out and, 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 and it's, it's open to everybody, guys. It really is. Wow. Is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, just one thing, because it's not about us. It's about going back into charities. So we give around $150,000 a year back to people that need us. So people like one parent families who need to get a little car or need to get rights to see or need a, a, an outfit for an interview, stuff like that. Uh, is the book, Daddy, Daddy, Please Stop Drinking, was the last thing my eldest daughter said to me at the age of three. It's on my website. If you jump on it, it's $9 from Amazon or Walmart. And the full $9 goes back out into the community. So let's say last, last year, the book took $10,000. Well, we add 140 to that, and that goes in our kitty to help people out there across the world, mainly in the US and UK, obviously. Uh, but yeah, jump on there, buy it. If you don't like the book, let me know. I'll refund your money. Just give it to somebody else who you think might enjoy it. Wow, you are doing incredible things, just incredible things. You've just, you know, we talk you know, the title of the show is a trauma survivor thrivers podcast. And so I, I applaud you for all of the things that you're doing to help everyone um, with addiction and, and and just trying to live their lives that they want to live to thrive. So, so thank you so much. Well, thank you for, for, for your invitation. And thank you for us getting together. I've studied you. I want to say something before I go. You are amazing, by the way. (laughs) The hundreds of thousands of people that you help with the ripple effect. I want to thank you for what you do because it sometimes can be lonely when mm-hmm. you're doing our stuff. So thank you because you are someone special. You're someone that's needed. And, and I just love you to bits. I really do. Thank you for allowing me to come on. 
Oh, well, thank you for that. You know, when you said that in the, the, the beginning, some days are a little harder than, than others. I was like, oh, I relate to that so much. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being you and doing all the things that you do. My pleasure. That was world-renowned addiction expert Rob Kelly. For more info on Rob, you can click on that scrolling fortune cookie right there on your screen, and that will send you straight to his website. Or, And you can also head over to my new and improved website, TraumaSurvivorThriver.com. That's TraumaSurvivorThriver.com. And the latest issue of Authentic Insider is out, and so I'm so grateful that Rob actually contributed to August's issue. Um, and to catch that edition and read his story, just go to my website, TraumaSurvivorThriver.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to my email list to get Authentic Insider Magazine in your inbox monthly. Thank you so much for joining me today. Catch next week's episode when we speak with Suzanne Wheeler about surviving a loved one's suicide as we recognize September as Suicide Prevention Month. You've been listening to a Trauma Survivor Thrivers podcast on Fireside. I'm Lori Lee Binstock. Thank you so much for being a part of the conversation. Take care. <laughs>